in 2019, a ragtag group of internet wrestling fans came together to record some silly shit. They survive now on, on cocktails as soldiers of hilarity. If you can find them and you can get their schedules together, you can listen to The A-Team. La Welcome back, everyone, to the Rogue Opinions podcast. I am Scott McLeod, and you know we've assembled our our A team here today for a very special podcast. Because uh, as you know, Rogue Opinions is you may or not know Rogue Opinions is coming on its one year anniversary, and because we're so self serving here, we decided what would happen if somebody, for God knows what reason, decided to make a movie about our strange lives, and if we had to have some input on what that movie would look like, this is what this podcast is for, because we are here to pitch the Rogue Opinions movie for all of you here today. Honestly, I am here and my usual 18 cohorts, uh, my nemesis Nathan and the returning Jimmy Baxter. Hello! It is me. <laughs> I will not be doing that voice the whole, the whole show, by the way. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted yeah. to say, how's it going, dude? <laughs> He's still doing it. I'm doing it all the time. It's been like a week. It's been, <laughs> it's been like forever. Okay. I don't uh, want to hear it. This is the banner you've missed from the eighteen in the last few weeks, guys. How easy is it to sex a dinosaur? Now, are we talking about the physical act of sexing a dinosaur, or determining what sex of a dinosaur is what? We are talking about what sex a dinosaur is. But that first one, I want to put a pin in that, because that's a different podcast. <laughs> Coming to an episode of Naked Men near you. Yes, very, very, very soon. Guys, scientists who, as we may have learned from numerous politicians of late, cannot be trusted. And it turns out they can't be trusted to sex dinosaurs uh, this might be devastating news to a lot of people, but there's some research from the Queen Mary University of London that has come to the conclusion that sometimes they are wrong. And that's it. A study so, went in to find that out, that sometimes dinosaurs that we think are male might be female. So, okay. what you're saying is that this is yet more proof that scientists have far too much time on their hands. Yes, and too much access to fossils, apparently. But I don't know, I don't know. Apparently, it's very difficult. And some person said, team analysed the skulls of modern-day gharials, I don't know what they are, an endangered crocodilian species, to see how possible it is to distinguish males and females based on only fossils. They found out it's tricky. So uh, if I can wager a guess onto what those are, 
They're an endangered crocodilian species. That's what I said. So that's, you won uh, your wager. All right, that that's good. It's good to know. Um, so okay. Um, so yes, scientists definitely have a lot of time on their hands. So I guess in that aspect, good on you, coronavirus, uh, for giving these scientists something else to do, rather than determine whether or not they can find a Tyrannosaurus dick, uh, and determine that that means it's a male. Um, but if they're wrong, sometimes. Does that change anything about the Jurassic Park franchise? This was my first question. And thank you very much, Jimmy, for bringing it up. Because I don't want to find out that that giant thing from Jurassic Park 3 was actually the other sex. Because that's going to change my viewing aspect of that movie. Like, I need to know. I need to know definitively whether that weird thing with a fin on its back was male or female, I don't need to now find out that I was wrong all these years. So would you say that their scientists were more concerned with what they could do rather than what they should do? Yes, yes, I would. But, Jimmy, I will say that life finds a way. (laughs) That it does. I'm not sure what methods they were using before and how they determined this, but surely... It's been proven that the angriest dinosaurs were the males because, especially in a T-Rex, because their arms were so short that they could not masturbate, which led to <laughs> enormous frustration. <laughs> well, this just makes me question everything I know about science more of, because obviously one thing that we can definitively say, uh, um, and I think it's a statement that we can all get behind here at Rogue Opinions, is dicks don't fossilize. <laughs> no. Really? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I invested hundreds of pennies into the idea that I could fossilize my penis so that the future of the world would then be safe. No, Jimmy, you're confused. You can make a cast of your penis. Like, you can make a cast of it. You cannot fossilize it. We've been through this. Well, this is bullshit. No, we've had this conversation so many times. I mean, I just, I, I just, I have a whole, I have a whole bag filled with pennies that says <laughs> for fossilizing my dick on it. And now you're telling me that all that money is just wasting away. See, this is what we need to do, guys. If you're fo- already following us on Twitter, we need to get to that 2000 threshold so that we can open a pro wrestling tea store and have a shirt that says my dick fossilizes. <laughs> I mean, are you? So basically, the short version of this is also that we've also we've all been assuming certain dinosaurs' gender for billions of years. I mean, are we sure that Luchasaurus shouldn't be challenging for the AEW Women's Title? Well, I think someone needs to send this story to Luchasaurus. Something I'm going to do right now on Twitter, and let him know that maybe he's at he's actually a she. Like, what are we, what are we getting at here? Like, and this is dangerous. Maybe they've got to remake all the Jurassic Parks is my main concern. Second is getting that pro wrestling tea store open. Distant. I'm going to skip third and go to fourth. It's Luchasaurus. (laughs) So, you know, this is a natural segue from dinosaurs to movies somehow. I, I, a better host would find one, but I am not that host. 
as I said, we, we've put our hand to many creative outlets, you know. We've booked entire pay-per-view cards. We've created the best summer blockbusters that have yet to be made. And we created some decent-sounding horror movies. So, you know, I think Hollywood's going to start paying attention to what we have to say very soon. So why wouldn't they be taking notes while they listen to how to make a movie uh, about our lives? So, I, so I actually, before we, before we dive totally into this, uh, Nathan said something earlier that I want to I wanted to just touch on briefly. The quarantine brings uh, a lot uh, it, as far as like where your mind goes and where like your thought processes end up uh, going. So you can drift off to sleep and do the net the same thing the next day. I've been watching a lot of weird stuff. Have you guys been watching anything weird that you wouldn't normally be watching before we get into our movies? Because our movies, I'm sure, are Oscar worthy and we'll have plenty of time to dive into that. But I'm thinking about talking about like weird shit that you normally probably wouldn't have watched, but because we're all under lockdown, um, like what we're watching right now. I watched a 2D version of Spy Kids 3D, but whilst wearing 3D glasses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting sort of like quadruple negative sort of... Yeah, I wanted to see what would happen, but all it did was um, my TV broke. (laughs) Just couldn't handle it. Yeah, it it got confused. I've uh, I've been watching a lot of Bob Ross, uh, The Joy of Being by Bob Ross with my dad, because, like, I've never had an interest in art or being. I was shit at art at school, and, but it's just, I think... I became interested because remember Deadpool did that parody of him, and then I watched an episode and then like, God, he actually talks like that. And then just getting to watch how he does things and just some of the things he comes out with. I've got twelve episodes, I think, on my Sky Plus recorded episodes of The Joy of Painting there yet to watch. That is not something that would happen uh, before. And if you said at the start of twenty twenty, you're gonna have like almost a whole series of Joy of Painting on your Sky you're yet to watch, I would say, why the fuck would I be watching that? I don't know, man. Bob Ross is a pretty relaxing fella. Um, <laughs> I've been watching a couple of weird things. I, I mentioned one off air, but I'm not going to mention that one right now. I'll mention, I, I watched the entirety of a Netflix show called Too Hot to Handle. Oh, um, I've heard about that. Good it's, it's fantastic. Uh, they... <laughs> bring if you're not familiar too hot to handle is a i think it's eight episodes on netflix where they take a lot of hot people men and women and they put them on this tropical island together and for 12 hours they're just allowed to like hang out and do whatever they want until an ai named lana tells them that they are going to win a hundred thousand dollars to be split up among all the people that are there if they can abstain from doing anything sexual for the entirety of the time that they're on the island if they do anything sexual, which means kissing, blowjobs, banging, um, like any of that stuff, that money will then get reduced by uh, a certain price. So, like a blowjob costs like six thousand dollars, or a kiss is like two grand, or whatever, and that comes out from all the money combined. Um, it is garbage television, but just brain candy. It is. These people are the worst, like the absolute worst. And at the end, some of them actually make some uh, 
some good changes and whatnot, but it is awful. And if you're not watching it, you should. I didn't think you could put a price on a blowjob, but apparently Netflix has found a way that you can. Because I remember so, before I heard about, before I heard about the, the see people have been doing that for years, Scott. <laughs> it's the world's oldest profession, Scott. I've never heard of someone who charges six thousand dollars though. Then you you're in Glasgow. In, if you got it, I'd like to quote from one of my favorite movies, uh, Super Troopers. Uh, if you if you got to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> like, like I remember before I heard about the whole thing that they can't have sex. Is like I first saw advertised like. I thought just Netflix was just trying to do its own version of like Love Island, and then I think that it makes it more interesting because, like, I've not watched it obviously, but our brothers watched it because you know he has a girlfriend and yeah. I would like to preface that I am an engaged man who watched this with his male roommate on a whim one night, front to back, didn't stop watching for eight episodes. Um, so I have zero excuse, and uh, I would not change that evening for anything because it was fucking fantastic. When they, when this little fucking, it looks like an Alexa with like, uh, like a lava lamp in it. Uh, Lana, she when she tells them at the first <laughs> time, she literally interrupts two people who were about to bang. And she's like, everybody come down to the cabana. We have rules to discuss. And they're like, oh, what the fuck? Okay, I guess we'll go. And then we'll come back here and we'll bang it out or whatever. And they get down there. 30 seconds later, they find out they can't do anything. Um, uh, I'm, unless... sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I just I had a notification up my phone there. Nathan wasn't joking. He actually sent that. <laughs> what, to Luchasaurus? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. That's his thing. He'll say that he's going to do it, and he's going to, you know, he's got, he's got the Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Why would I not? Like, I'm that? doing a public, public service. Yeah, I yeah. Just in case you guys aren't seeing it, rogue underscore opinions, you'll be able to uh, determine exactly how long ago we actually recorded this. <laughs> well, peek behind the curtain. This is, this is true. But yeah, like that's why they have a drafts folder, Nathan. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say anything bad. I just said hi, Luchasaurus, just to let you know, and then I sent him the link to the article. You're making. You're you're breaking kayfabe, dude. If Twitter's breaking kayfabe, then everyone is. Dude, Doctor <laughs> D. David Schultz is going to come after you and slap the piss out of you, dude. Ah, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are some uh some weird things that we're watching in quarantine. If you have um any uh like things that you've been watching that are weird and don't tweet community because it's on Netflix. Now, if you're watching it just because it's on Netflix, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice and you missed out on some of the funniest shit that was going on 10 years ago. But, uh, make sure to tweet us at Rogan score opinions, Mr. Riot, Scott McLeod, 1996, Nathan Greenaway. And of course, fucking Carl underscore fire 89. <laughs> I mean, the only other piece of news I wanted to bring up is that um, strip clubs have been offering drive-through service. They've also. Did you hear about the guy who owned a strip club and he was uh, serving, like he was doing like Uber Eats from yeah. the thing, and they called it Boober Eats? Exactly. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty great. <laughs> like, do they come to the door with tassels on? I hope so. Only if they're two meters away, though. Yeah, they, they stand down at the end of your driveway, just shaking their tits, 
They're like, enjoy your wings. <laughs> like someone had delivered something to me the other day, like from from Amazon, and the delivery driver put it on my doorstep, knocked on the door, stepped back as they're supposed to do at the minute, and then I opened the door, picked it up. They went, uh, and then as they walked away, they went, they just turned around and went, "Is it okay?" And I hadn't opened the box or anything yet. I was still on my doorstep, and I was like, "I hope so." <laughs> like, I don't know, <laughs> but that was just weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, this is a, a weird time we're in, and like like Jimmy said, you're watching weird things when you're in quarantine. We hope that one day, maybe if you're not just quarantined, maybe you're just bored one night, and maybe you're flicking through the channels, and a rerun of this movie of one of our movies will be on, and it'll be something you want to watch because you've got nothing else to watch. It's we good segue. That was powerful. I am standing up <laughs> at my microphone. That was unbelievable. I, I, I thought I thought it would have been better a few minutes ago, but then you moved on to the the Bouverite, and I thought, how am I going to get this back? Just... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we have some ideas as usual. We have questions to help get an idea of where uh, break down what this movie actually is and what every pitch is. So you guys ready to do this? Because I've been looking for this for some time. Let's do Let's it. Get into it. Now, uh, obviously. There's an obvious question here, and I, I think there's going to be an obvious answer, but uh, like, obviously, the obvious thing to do is probably to call this rogue opinions, maybe, or just rogue opinions, but I just want to get a take from you if you went with that, or you don't have to if you don't want to, but you could have went with something else, but what, what is everybody's title, by the way? Uh, Nathan? Okay, I did not go with the rogue opinions movie. Now, mm-hmm. my the rogue opinions movie in my universe got tangled up in a lot of issues, and the title actually ended up being A Rogue Day for Opinions to Die Hard. In, parenth- <laughs> in parentheses, Die Hard 7. Oh, my. We haven't okay. had Die Hard 6. What happened? Die Hard 6 is apparently a movie that's going to be called McLean, and it's going to be a prequel about young John McLean. So this is yeah, Die Hard 7. A.K.A. an excuse for them not to work with fucking Bruce Willis. Don't worry, I got him on board. Damn right, uh, Nathan. Yeah. No, no, Nathan. Sorry, Jimmy. Oh. <laughs> oh yes. What did, did you do? Uh, do what he did, or did you go with just rogue opinions? I uh, so okay. So I was exactly fifty-fifty on the uh, the movie title. Uh, I went with rogue opinions, and then colon dawn of something, uh, <laughs> or. Or, or, and I'm opening this up to you guys, do, uh, Rogue Opinions, Edge of Greatness. I'm stuck, I'm stuck 50-50, like, literally, Edge of Greatness is in parentheses, so, because, like, I couldn't decide, because Dawn of Something is funny, but also, Edge of Greatness is pretty stellar once you hear what happens in this movie. Could we go for Rogue Opinions, colon, Greatness of the Edge? See, hmm. that just sounds like we're preventing ourselves from climaxing. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it's a U2 movie. <laughs> oh, yes, that's, see, that's the, uh, the sequel, spoilers. There, it's just a, a U2 documentary <laughs> yeah. called The Greatness of Edge. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of went with just Rogue Opinions, and then I later added this, this Rogue Opinions, uh, parentheses, 
Dawn of the Master Debater, or someone said Origin Origin of the Master Debater. Something to do with beginnings and master debaters. Nice. We're in the lead. (laughs) So now we have that out of the way. I mean, I'm particular interested in asking Nathan this question based on what your title is. I'm going to put these two together. Give us the uh, the budget that your movie is working with, and uh, what kind of is there any particular genre that you're going for? Uh, so the budget is $88 million, and Good the work. genre, as obvious, is action movie. That is so funny, because I literally, like, not having discussed any of this with either of you guys, you guys can sign off on that, I literally put $88 million. No way! Oh my <laughs> I God. Swear to, yeah, I swear were to God. Thinking, were you to... thinking of Back to the Future as well? Yeah, no, I, I just put 88, because... Uh, frankly enough, eight, eight is my favorite number. So, like, I just oh. try to work in eight to everything. And 88 million was just like, why not? 88 is always the number I land on just because of Back to the Future. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and the genre of movie is, uh, and I wrote this verbatim, Hangover-esque buddy adventure film. Nice. 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 Hey. My budget is weirdly, ironically, I did this because it's technically part of a running joke over ESSR, but it's kind of half of what your guys' budget is. I have I've gone for $44 million. Oh, nice. And then the genre is technically biopic slash mockumentary. So it's basically a mockumentary <laughs> setup. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, like, I just swear reason I thought this, the way, best way to tell the story I'm going for, and it's I think Mockumentary was the best one to go with. <laughs> Definitely. 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 Now we get into the good stuff. Gentlemen, tell me who's the director of your movie and who's your main cast? Nathan? Uh, so my film originally was going to be directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, but then he fell out with the production company and Zack Snyder ended up coming in to take over. The main cast, the first one's obvious. Bruce Willis comes in to play John McClane. Of course. Uh, Rahul gets recast as Tiffany and is played by Oprah Winfrey. Uh, Scott is played by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Jim- <laughs> Jimmy is played by Michael C. Hall. Uh, Carl gets recast as Kirsty and is played by Lindsay Lohan. Reese. Sorry, uh, can I pause you a second there? Yeah. I hate you so much. <laughs> because I recast somebody as a female for different reasons from you, but one of oh. the people on the team has been changed to a female. Oh, oh I'm sorry, man. Uh, can we, can we splice in Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River under him as he explains how much he hates you? Of course we can. Reese is played by Josh Gad. Uh, Liam is played by John Boyega. Uh, Anthony is played by Steve Carell. Uh, Sean gets recast as Hannah and is played by Olivia Coleman. Uh, I'm played, of course, by Tom Hardy. Uh, Randy Couture. <laughs> you <Kator. prick. laughs> You fucking prick. Randy Couture is security guy one. Uh, 
Uh, Steve Austin is Security Guy 2, and Gal Gadot is Security Guy 3. <laughs> so quite the cast. So, so Security Gal? Eh? Eh? <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. I'm doing finger guns right now. No one can see me, but I'm doing finger guns. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that is so good. I can't wait to hear more about this. Jimmy. Uh, so uh, the uh, director, well, or should I say, directors of our movie are a little duo that's uh, just up and coming in the movie world. I'm not sure many people have heard of them. Uh, the Cohen Brothers. Nice. Uh, they're going to be directing this fun hangover style adventure buddy movie uh for us and uh the main cast is very short uh it'll become clear why because this is more of a uh sort of a like a origin movie for the rest of the the the, the universe that is created the main cast is scott is played by craig ferguson uh <laughs> nathan nathan is played by russell brand oh fuck you <laughs> and, and Wayne, do you hear who I'm getting played by? So hold on one second. Uh, and I'm going to be played by Michael Sarah. Um, the, these these three actors, I think, will perfectly embody exactly who we are and how we do things. Um, mostly because, and this is not a joke. I googled uh, famous Scottish people, famous British people, and famous American <laughs> actors, and then I picked and then I picked like weird ones. <laughs> before, before you continue to me uh, I you guys have been so much kinder to my casting than I have about myself <laughs> <laughs> originally originally you were going to be I was going to make us all Russells so like <laughs> you were, you were going to be Russell Crowe Nathan was always Russell Brand um, <laughs> and then I was going to be somebody else but then I was just like oh wait Craig Ferguson's funny and he's Scottish um, might as well just do that. Uh, and that's how that ended up you being, uh, uh, Craig Ferguson or is it Craig, Craig, because Craig. you guys are so it's Craig. It's Craig. 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 The fucking, don't question it's me. I think Craig, cause it's a Scottish fucking name. Yeah. There's an A and an I in there for a reason, man. Yeah. You just Craig. All, smash all the letters together. It's Craig. No, it's not. There's no E in it. Craig. J- Craig. Guys. Yeah. Right. We can save it for, another, for our master debaters at some point, maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> Jimmy, do you have any other cast that you want to talk about before we move on? No, that, just those three for now. Okay. Now, as we get into this, there's a question I have later on about any controversies during this movie. I'm going to take some of mine and bring it up here because that affects the casting for my movie. So, obviously, when I was thinking about directors... Who could capture the insanity of rogue opinions perfectly? And I've left that task up to, and I hope I pronounced his name right, uh, Taika Waititi, director of the greatest Marvel movie ever, Thor Ragnarok. Nice so, choice. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to definitively say it's the greatest, but, you know, you did a good job on that. And <laughs> a couple solid episodes of Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. And he was, a, he was great in his role. I can't remember the name of the droid that he played, but... This is a, uh, IG-11. Just for a quick cheap plug, if you want to find out where for Ragnarok ranks in Nathan and Ben's top 20 greatest superhero movies of all time, go find that Naked Men episode. Ooh, very... We are we are so on fucking point today, guys. This is, this is pretty nice. So, 
I'm played by Grado. Jesus, oh, don't be cruel to yourself, Jesus. I, I, thought, I thought I was being mean to you. Give <laughs> me Justin Timberlake, how is that cool? Well, he's an all-round great entertainer. He can have a number one album, or he can be kind of good in a chick flick. I don't know, but how, how good is he at a Scottish accent? I've yet to see that. Uh, he, was on, he was on Hot Ones the other week, so filling with chicken wings. Who knows? I did. I part of me that part of this is to do with like I didn't want to get myself too good at casting, and also the idea of there being a moment in this film where I have Grado nominating basically himself to be in the big time in Fox Hall of Fame <laughs> is just a, a new level of meta. Uh, Jimmy is played by Jason Schwartzman. Ooh, Excellent. That's nice. Excellent. That's tasty. Excellent. The first controversy we talk about here where. Originally, Eddie Redmayne was cast in the role of Nathan, and even shot <laughs> a few a week or so worth of film for the for the movie. But one of the controversies was the lack of claimed lack of diversity amongst the rogue opinions movie. So midway through, abruptly Eddie Redmayne is taken out, and the role of Nathan was given to Idris Elba. Nice. I like Unfor- that. Unfortunately, they didn't have time to redo the scenes that Eddie Redmayne had done. So for the first 20 or so minutes of the movie, it cuts from scenes of Nathan, it cuts from, from Eddie Redmayne to Idris Elba with zero explanation. <laughs> so it goes from a really posh white guy and then all of a sudden it's an East London black guy. <laughs> for at least the first 20 minutes and then the rest is Idris Elba. That's really good. <laughs> uh, Rahul is played by Karan Sunni. I, um, I struggle with his name. He basically, he played uh, Dupinder, the taxi driver in the Deadpool movies. Oh, awesome. Oh, nice. He's a really funny guy. Also, uh, he did a bunch of AT&T commercials, and he's very funny. And I don't know why this one made me, made me laugh so much, and it made such sense to me. And I'm sorry, Reese, if you don't like this. Reese is played by British comedian, writer, and actor Peter Kay. <laughs> He's very funny. You should be happy with that. Okay. Another another clear strike amongst the diversity quota was Carl being changed to Carla and being played by you <laughs> from Fighting with My Family. <laughs> Both of us recast Carl as a woman. <laughs> I don't. I think he's going to get some mixed messages from that. From that. Sean is played by Andrew Scott, who you may remember from the Bennett coming back Sherlock TV series. Mm. I don't know why I came up with that and uh, I, I think it came, uh, qu- it came to me that I've never actually heard Anthony speak I haven't seen that many photos of him so for whatever reason Anthony's played by Matthew Lillard nice choice <laughs> you'll be happy with that and uh, unfortunately as it's claimed during the mockumentary due to uh, ongoing legal uh, issues that legally we can't talk about Ben scenes are shot in complete darkness with uh, him being dubbed by an actor, it comes up. It sounds like Nick Nolte, but uh, subtitles will come up saying, "Not the real Nick Nolte. This is an impersonator." <laughs> and uh, that is my cast. <laughs> it's a good cast. Fun story about Nick Nolte, and forgive me if I've told this on the podcast already, but uh, apparently, when he was doing a Tennessee Williams play. Uh, on stage to help him stay in character he would shove stuff in his shoes um and he would 
put little like uh, like gumballs in his mouth so he would be able to like get the accent totally right. But he would also shove something up his ass while he was on stage, and he's yet to tell anybody what that is. So that is a mystery that um, needs to be solved. Apparently, no. Obviously, we got big budgets for these movies, so uh, there's got to be some celebrity cameos, possibly. But I don't want to reveal my celebrity cameos just yet because it because I'm going to get to it. It's a big part of the end of my movie, so I'm going to keep my celebrity cameos to myself for now. Uh, Nathan, have you already given us your celebrity cameos? Because you said Brian Cotton and Steve Austin are in your movie. No, I've got other celebrity cameos that I'm happy to talk about. So Barack Obama makes a cameo as a now quirky car mechanic, in parentheses, post-presidency. Uh, Meghan Markle plays an attention seeker who gets ignored. And uh, Lacey Evans cameos as a guest at a cool hotel. I, okay. I, I really should have asked for the plot first, because how those those rules work into the movie in any way, I don't know. Hey, Uh So my celebrity cameos are, of course, Chevy Chase, the, <laughs> the ghost of Marlon Brando, and uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig, but as his character from Knives Out. Ah. Jesus. <laughs> Those are th- the three cameos that stand out there are others but uh you'd have to see the movie to really because it's a it's an adventure movie or there we're going across country in this one uh if i may if i may i'll just uh i'll hey, run sorry through... jimmy sorry jimmy yes. i need to cut you because i've made a fatal error the way i've made my notes i'm sorry but i forgot liam i forgot to read out who i cast as liam in the, my movie oh shit who is it i can't even pronounce it max Mangela, I can't remember. I can't pronounce his last name properly, but he appeared. Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. No, Max Mangela. I'll, I'll post a picture. I'll try and ship, find a photo of him, ship it in the group chat, so you know who he is. But you know, he appeared in the. I remember him from that film, that a uh, Vince Vaughn movie, The Internship, where he just played a dick. And <laughs> I also remember from his award-winning role as hotel guest in the 2013 music video for the Killer song "Shot at the Night." <laughs> You know, they created new, ca- new categories for that man based on that performance Did alone. Max Minghella? Yeah. Uh, Gra- uh, Graham Howardy is the, his but, character's name in uh, the internship. It's Max Minghella. Yeah. I'm bad with names. As you, as you clearly figured out. But yeah, I thought I just need someone who sounded posh to, uh, to do Liam and the rest will follow. God, could well, you could you have found a douchier photo? No. <laughs> Look at this fucking guy in his tiny little face and his four and a half head. Jesus. Four and a half head. Jeez. Those his doors his doors his ears look like the doors of a DeLorean. <laughs> so I had I, I didn't want a uh, Liam sitting there with his butler holding his holding up the laptop that he's listening to this on. Uh, what's like have they forgotten me? Oh, God, he looks like... Uh, you guys seen Lilo and Stitch? <laughs> you, know the, you, know the big a- you know the big alien and then there's that little alien with the weird head? Yeah. yeah he yeah. looks like that one. Exactly. He, his facial hair sort of looks like... You ever play with Play-Doh and just before you squeeze it through the, like, the little form 
thing, you can press it like right up against the uh, like the design or whatever. That's what his facial hair looks like. Like it's pressed right up against there. It really wants to come out, but nobody pushed down on the button. Uh, no. Hey, hey, your battery percentage is sixty nine. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> right, I just caught me completely off guard. <laughs> I uh, so we now we get into the actual plot of the movie, and uh, you can give me like the main plot. You can describe various scenes if they are key to the movie, and uh, the ending of the movie will be a separate question. But who wants to go first in describing the actual plot of this movie? I will, hundred ten percent. I'm just going to get go. this out of here. Um, in my movie, the gang that would be the three of us try and secure ad revenue for our podcast. Um, we finally get a hit, uh, but we actually end up taking the wrong or, uh, offer from ISIS. We don't know it's ISIS at the time, and we record the podcast with the, the ad, and we have a cut of it that doesn't have the ad in it, and then we realize that it is ISIS that we recorded an ad for, so we have to... Because... We don't understand technology in the movie, so we've mailed a, uh, a flash drive across the country to uh, Los Angeles. And we need to go back out to Los Angeles and intercept the package with a new thumb drive that has uh, the ad not on the episode so we don't all get taken in by uh, Interpol or the CIA. Um, so they uh, to uh, attempt to uh, fix the mistake... They make sure that the episode doesn't air with the horrible ad that they recorded for ISIS. They travel across these United States to get to Los Angeles so that we all don't end up in Guantanamo. <laughs> so, so I think it's Our Life meets fucking a Harold and Kumar movie. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, that's pretty much what this is. Uh I, I, my fucking plot seems very bog standard compared to you two. <laughs> uh, can, I, can I say my can, plot? Okay, uh, so I've just got five lines to describe my plot. John McClane is pulled once again out of retirement after Jimmy and Scott approach him with evidence of Nathan's plot to take over the world with Operation... Of Full- course you're the fucking villain! Yes. Of fucking course! <laughs> <laughs> with Operation Full Gear... A plan to make everyone. <laughs> a plan to make everyone exclusively watch Blade, so he can walk around taking cool stuff of his own. John, a man who hates Blade because he's an old loser, must now take, must now be part of an audacious, he- audacious heist of Nakamura Plaza, in parentheses Nathan's Cool Hotel, with the rest of the road crew to stop the device and take him to justice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know Nathan, this is the most Nathan thing. It is. If you thought Coca-Cola Presents uh, Generations Beyond the Sun was wonderful, this is the most Nathan thing I've... The, the plan is called Full Gear, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And Nakamura Plaza. Nakamura Plaza. God damn it. Yeah, instead of Nakatoma. No, we got the joke. Diehard joke in there for everyone. Yeah, it's a diehard explanation for a diehard joke. Very much. Scott? Oh, sorry. I, I, wasn't, I didn't realize you were done. That was five lines. The end of my movie is like 
a half a page. <laughs> so I, I, I need to explain a couple of like scenes that happened at the start of the movie before like talking the actual plot. So basically, the movie opens with the uh, sound, the sound of do do do. It's the Skype sound, but instead of the audio call, like it usually is, it's a video call because we paid a lot of money for these actors. You have to see their faces, and it's just the picture of a skate call between Jason Schwartzman, Grado, and Idris Elba is their first actual official shot of the movie, and it's just barely filmed on webcams. Basically, it's us setting up a big uh, podcast because the main emphasis of the movie is for the first time everybody in Rogue Opinions being in the same place at the same time for like a live podcast in front of like an actual audience and we're, we're going to say we're all meeting in like London because you know we need a general location and basically it's just the three of us talking through like the plans and basically where people are going to meet up and then that cuts to an interview with Taika Waititi talking about Basically, he's basically playing himself slash kind of the documentarian that's following us around. And basically, uh, he's, he's saying, like, why did I choose to make this movie about the Rogue Opinions guys? Well, fucking listen to these weirdos. And he takes out his phone, clicks on, like, a random episode, and for content, we'll say it's the Master Debaters episode we recently did where we had the loop discussion and just plays, like, a couple of minutes of audio from that. Like, like I needed to know more about these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> he also says it in the way Taika Waititi says it he, he, he'd say it a lot better than I would <laughs> and basically it's basically a back the, the timeline kind of jumps at points between interviews with us describing like the start of Rogue Opinions and basically us showing us kind of coming together for our first podcast and showing class forwarding a, a couple of years later where Rogue Opinions is an actual thing to the point where we're doing this live podcast and obviously been nervous about doing the show and we get some weird insights into people's backstories like we have footage of Nathan talking about how he was doing a previous podcast where he felt stifled and says how oh I just, I just want an outlet to talk about my love of uh, Blade Ryan Reynolds and Lacey Evans and I wasn't getting that uh, Rahul talks about his poor history of struggling with his multiple personality disorder with this weird, weird personality he calls Bed Tundee who is apparently always drunk. He's, he's apparently always drunk for some reason. <laughs> and obviously we get the uh, the shots of uh, Ben, and basically every time it cuts back to asking why, what happened with Ben, everybody's basically avoiding the question, like, we can't talk about that for, for legal reasons. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eventually we do all meet, and but there's, a massive, also we had to have controversy, there's a massive argument a few days before the show. It feels like everything's getting thrown out. Rogue opinions could be over. The main main disagreement is between myself and Nathan. And then the night before we're meant to do the show, we are both visited in separate dreams by people who had to pull us out of like this argument. It's pretty difficult to help us resolve them. And Nathan is visited in his dream by celebrity cameo Jinder Mahal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who's in full ring gear, by the way? Good. He's in full ring gear, and he's been talking them through and trying to teach you shanty to uh, calm yourself. Like, if anybody in the podcast knows you, just take a moment and like, shanty. <laughs> and then you have me lying in my bed, fast asleep, when you hear the gravitas of one Kelsey Grammer. Oh, God. 
I knew tried, Kelsey was involved somehow. God damn it. Who, who, had, who, who tries to convince me to not uh, be angry at Nathan and to try to think of the podcast. What would this, uh, what's his name, Ryan Reynolds, what would he do? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a bunch of references to Fraser throwing in there. Like He randomly has a glass of sherry at one point because, of course, he does. It's a dream. What guy? Weirdly bog standard, that plot, I think, compared to you two. Mine doesn't have ISIS in it. <laughs> if you don't have ISIS in it, what's the point? I know. <laughs> well, you know me, man. I come out hot from the gate with uh, retarded reindeer and ISIS videos, and, you know, that's just that's how I roll. Yeah, so, obviously, there's some interesting plots here. But also, all movies hinged on their ending. If you don't go home with a big finale, you know, like people are going to think your movie sucks. So, Nathan, how does uh, whatever this Die Hard Rogue Opinions movie end? Die Hard 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it ends a big way, obviously, it's the highest. The highest to get the full gear machine. Uh, so, it begins, Reholden show up. So, luckily, Lacey Evans steps in to help with the highest. Uh, the crew all play their parts. Reese's distraction in like the foyer area. Luckily, it turns out uh, she, because she's uh, sorry, he so is played. Sorry, he is a world class opera singer. So mm. he stands in the front of the foyer. That allows Jimmy Scott and John McClane obviously to slip up to the elevator. Kirsty in parentheses Carl is luckily a world class hacker in the big truck outside. Uh, that hacks into the system with Anthony, who's played by Steve Carell, who's the driver. But the elevator can only take them up so f- so far. Unfortunately, that's 12 floors below where Operation Full Gear will kick off. Liam, though, is able to somehow call Jeeves, in parentheses, played by Stephen Fry, to <laughs> help, uh, who makes the call, who then makes a call to someone he knows that then allows Kirsty to get further access and raise the elevator up further. Hannah, parentheses, Sean, Gets caught in a restricted area. Uh, that's Olivia Coleman, by the way. Uh, immediately gives up the plot because I just feel like that's the sort of thing Sean would do. Uh, Nathan then gets a security ke- team together of Randy Couture, Steve Austin, and Gal Gadot. And the most brutal knife fight begins between those three and Jimmy Scott and John McClane uh, on top of Nakamura Plaza. Uh, Nathan starts the full gear program. So obviously, then Blade begins on every scale. Uh, every screen of one around the vast area of Newcastle upon Tyne uh, until John McClane being a dumb fuck then kicks Nathan straight out of a window. He's holding on for dear life uh, whilst he tries to think of a really cool line to say before he probably dies. John McClane steps over him and Nathan says the last thing he can think of, which is tell Scott he's the worst. Uh, but then Boom, out of nowhere. A woman's right. It was a ruse. Lacey Evans is, of course, on Nathan's side. So she knocks out John McClane. Jimmy and Scott are completely stunned. Steve Austin starts to throw up a bit. And Gal Gadot is done. In parentheses, she was too expensive. There was a lot of reshoots. Uh, Randy Couture is dead somewhere on the screen. The rest of the road crew then arrive. Uh, Kirsty and Anthony, who uh, both start screaming and crying, but then start writing their ni- next articles for the website, which you can find on at, at Rogue underscore Opinions. Reese, who's now lost his voice because of all this awesome opera singing, writes a note 
asking Nathan if he knows the answer to a really weird football question, uh, but he didn't. That's usually what happens in the group chat. Jim and Scott do the only thing they have left as an option. They tell the rogue people to start running and they all knock the full gear machine out the window, as well as Lacey and Nathan who plummet to the floor with an epic explosion. The rogue crew stand atop of Nakamura Plaza where Kirsty prefaces Carl mutters what a cunt and then credits. <laughs> Unbelievable. Un-fucking-believable. Die Hard 7. That's insane. Wow. Absolutely insane. Yeah, best movie of all time. Possibly. I mean, we haven't heard from Jimmy's yet, so... <sighs> so, my film, the Rogue Opinions, Dawn of Something, or Edge of Greatness, uh, ends thusly. I thoroughly do need to explain, though, that uh, if you're a fan of the A-Team... Uh, the French who loved that show epically, I mean, loved that show to the ends of the earth. Um, they did their own version of the theme song. Uh, and in French, there's no words for the A team. It doesn't make any sense. So they called it the all risk agency. Okay. Just <laughs> throwing that out there. So everybody knows, um, hopefully we'll be ending the episode with that song. I will be sending the, uh, the URL over to whoever's editing this. Um, so the guys end up getting all the way to California, uh, and, uh, to switch out the thumb drives, but then they realize that the, that the address that they sent it to was not a building. It was an empty lot. And when they get to the lot, they dig up, they find this box at the center of the lot. Uh, they dig it up and they see that, uh, all mail has been forwarded, uh, to a secondary location in Atlanta, Georgia the Coca-Cola processing plant in Atlanta, Georgia. So they hop on to a flight and they go all the way back across the country just in time to replace the thumb drives. And the episode goes up safely uh, and they are all happy. Everybody's dancing around. Hey, we did it. We're not going to be called terrorists. We're not uh, recording an ad for ISIS anymore. This is great. Everything's great. And then just all of a sudden out of the shadows steps Lee Pace who recruits oh. them for a mission for a group known as the All Risk Agency. And <laughs> all the other members of the Rogue Opinions team come out of the shadows, and they see that they have this team assembled. The guys nod to one another. The main three guys nod to each other, and we slam to credits. Wow. Oh what a movie. Setting up the Rogue Opinion cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we need. Fuck yeah. Yes. Everybody needs a fucking uh, like origin movie. Everybody, then there's like a team-up movie. Then there's the Banter Munich uh, like team. And then there's the Naked Men team. And then there's the uh, retro team. And then you got everybody doing their own thing. And everybody comes together in a big Rogue Opinions endgame thing in like 15 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How to possibly fall. And, and Rahul gets, is the only one who gets a Netflix series, but it's cancelled after the first season because he doesn't actually act in it. He just says he acts in it. <laughs> oh my god. Scott, how does yours end? <laughs> Again, I, I don't know how to follow, but I'm hoping there's something in here that I've got that will help close this out in a hot way. So, honestly, I said the main argument was between me and Nathan, but 
possibly as you do an argument when there's a lot of people trying to interfere, you basically lash out at them. Now, basically, we're all in this room. We've got like less than an hour before I might go on and do the podcast, and nobody's looking at each other. No one can make eye contact. Each other. We're all just sitting there angry. We're, all con- we're considering just cancelling the podcast altogether. And then Rahul just p- picks up, humming to himself, and you hear him singing, You are my father. <laughs> the and then, one. And then there's a bit of silence. And then, then I pipe up and go, The one desire. And basically, it works its way around the whole team to the point where we get to the course. The only one not singing yet is Nathan. We all get up in a big circle. We look at him, and there's a bit of, there's a bit of hesitation. And then Nathan, at the top at the top of his lungs, leaps up, and goes, "Tell me why? Ain't and nothing but a heartbreak. Tell me why? I never wanna hear you say I, I want it that way." So most movies, when people start singing. Would especially on one list would show a bit of the singing and then fade away into what's happening next. Oh no 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 no! We stay on this <laughs> for for the full three and a half odd minutes that the song goes for. We, we sing. are two worlds apart, and I. Anyway, sorry. We we okay with we're all singing the full song while a thing goes up. Those TD puts some subtitles on and the editing thing. Please do not sue us, Backstreet Boys. Sorry, we did not ask for permission for the song. <laughs> and then you get some guy shots, just random clips of us on stage. Basically, during the podcast, we uh, it's where we officially announced a uh, merchandise like you can't sit. It's hard to sex a dinosaur, and the, the official naked men and joke sniper T-shirts, as well as the, we commence the first ever episode of Master Debaters. <laughs> and basically the movie is, like I said, an origin story for the beginning of the podcast and the story of how it almost fell apart over petty disputes and was saved by the Backstreet Boys. And then there's this kind of tender moment at the end where the guys are going their separate ways. They know they're going to be doing podcasts over Skype from various locations, but they're not entirely sure if they're going to actually be able to get together in person again or how long, they go, how long it'll be until they get to see each other again. And this is kind of used in place of if they ever if they never get to do a sequel. And people will start to leave, you know, we title cards come up, basically, like, you know, what they got to. Uh, comes up, like, Nathan. Uh, Nathan is still obsessed with Lacey Evans. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Comes up, Carla. Carla sent a request to do the next episode of the uh, Doctor Who podcast to Sean. He never responded. Uh, stuff like that, and it's the it, 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 last shot is of the three of us kind of saying, uh, like, because I'm leaving a day earlier than you guys, and you can, oh, can you not stay a bit longer? Like, oh, no, I say, I'll look at you guys and go, I have to go now, my country needs me. And, I get on <laughs> and, and then the title cards come up, Scott died on the way back to his home country. <laughs> God, he gave himself a poochie exit, and uh, which, although, that is only in the case if we don't get a sequel. In which case, in the opening of the sequel, it's revealed I just got on the wrong train. <laughs> and then the sequel is like our version of a search for Spock, but you're just like somewhere in the UK somewhere, just like going like, what the fuck? How did this happen? <laughs> yeah. So, 
uh, that is my maybe that's how that ends. You know, I, I felt the Backstreet Boys was a good way to kind of close it out. But you know, these three very strong movies they might sound great to us. But, God, I parked there. They might sound good to us. They might sound good to us, but that stays you, in. That stays in. So they might sound good to us, these movies. Uh, but how did critics react to these movies? Uh, Nathan, what was the critical response to Die Hard 7? And did it lead to any controversy? There was a mixed reception for the movie. There was some complaints that perhaps the story was hard to follow. Uh, but the heist was described by uh, by Empire Magazine as the most elaborate and brilliant piece of writing by anyone in the history of film. Uh, there was some controversy. Uh, Marvel tried to sue with regards to all the Blade inclusion, but then Disney just bought the rights to Die Hard instead. So it was fine in parentheses. Thanks, Bob Chapek. Who is the current CEO of Walt Disney? <laughs> All right, nice. excellent. Uh, like I said, the most Nathan thing. This is like peak Nathan, and I appreciate that you brought your A game. <laughs> Die Hard Seven. Uh, critical reception for uh, my film was it was in it was initially panned for being crude and nonsensical, um, so it made okay money at the box office because a lot of people went to see it because there was such a groundswell of like oh well this movie's so crazy and whatever and then it sort of faded away for a little while until the digital release happened and it found a huge huge fan base online where um because of the way that the ending happened twitter exploded and they just complained and bitched and moaned until the studio decided to do the sequel that was promised the sequel eventually does well and it creates the entire rogue opinions cinematic universe and uh we're 14 movies in and we're just getting started nice uh i would agree with this and with my movie that there was a bit of a mixed reception you know the reviews kind of varied from a this is the most uh, self-congratulatory piece of crap i've ever watched said empire magazine uh, Vogue said why did Taika Waititi lower himself to these kind of standards and uh, although there was a review of five stars best movie I've ever seen from Lee Pace <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a stand up guy and uh, there was uh, the controversy I said about the uh, the lack of uh, gender a lack of equality perceived during the movie which did affect it and Although that did a little bit of controversy, plus the addition of names like Idris Elba and Tegwati, they did help for at least the first couple of weekends, help garner some buzz for the movie before it inevitably faded away by the end of the month. <laughs> but we mentioned sequels here and we talk about franchises, so uh, Jimmy, I'm assuming that obviously we can say yes to the idea there was a sequel because eventually you got your cinematic universe. Yeah, I kind of blended the, la- the the last question into the final question just so um, it made sense overall. But yes, there is an entire cinematic universe after the groundswell of uh, Twitter complaints. Uh, Nathan, I, think, I can't remember. Did you say there was a sequel or not? Or? I haven't yet, but there was a sequel. It was called Rogue Back Mountain. 
Uh, <laughs> in, and uh, the story of that was Jimmy and Scott bumming a gazebo. <laughs> much like Vincent Madden. Sean Michael said that one time. Pretty if, much. If there's anything anybody ever knows about the way I feel about Scott is that uh, I can't quit him. <laughs> <laughs> and our horses were never the same. Anyway. Yeah. So the critical reception uh, and the reviews were mixed with the movie, but there's, there's, so there was a sequel, but it took some time because the controversy surrounding it made studios hesitant to greenlight another sequel, plus Marvel kept Tiguatiti so busy that basically he was constantly unavailable to do the uh, the movie to commit to an actual release date. He eventually did come back on. Uh, they rewrote the script to reveal that Scott was not actually dead. And it took a while. It was stuck in production hell for a while. But it did manage to come out the same summer that the uh, Avatar sequels finally came out. Nice. Nice. A long way away. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What a wonderful set of movies. It pretty much is. I'm interested to know which one would you guys most like to see happen? Which one encapsulates us the best? De- fucking yours, dude. <laughs> Just Die Hard 7 is unfucking believably funny. <laughs> uh, Scott? Uh, I was going to say, like, you guys really brought your new game on this. Uh, and. Part of me really is leaning toward, more towards Jimmy's mainly because the idea of what was it uh, Russell Brand, Craig Ferguson, and who? Uh, Russell ba- uh, Brand, Craig Ferguson, and Michael Sarah. Yeah, the idea of those three and basically I wrote up to stop to not be connected to ISIS. And then I really, I'd really like to see what the rogue cinematic universe looks like. That would go to every one of those movies. That is really it's funny. Opening day. I'm going to vote for yours as well, Jimmy. That is really funny. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank Just you. Michael Serra is so fucking out of place. <laughs> well, I gave you Russell Brand and I gave Scott Craig Ferguson. So I was like, yeah. I need to do, I need to do something for mine. So it doesn't seem like I'm like, Oh, Jim's being played by Tom Hardy or fucking somebody <laughs> just a name off the top of my head or anything. I do like that because just for <laughs> Russell Brand, I can see those two hanging out, but I have no idea when Michael Sarah would get to speak in that conversation. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think I went for like, a simple kind of origin story, basically, camera falling around the Roger Pines and how weird we are, and also Tiko Titi being involved. I mean, he's just great at anything. So, and then you guys. Nathan especially went for some grand fucking action movie. Well, I started off with a mockumentary. I was going to do something in the similar vein of Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. Or This Is Spinal Tap, as the movie's actually called. And then I thought, no, let's go for something super weird. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if it was a sequel to something? I think it's also... I had it immediately came to mind. I think it was the fact that like I had a lot that's written a long time ago because we had this idea for some time. And then to go back to, and I thought, like, the idea of them, I like the idea of them, the sales of the mockumentary. So I thought for us, and basically tell us, telling people how Rogue Opinions got started, I think uh, that was the best way to tell the story. And plus, the idea of not being able to see Ben because he may or may not have tried to start a cult of some sort. And uh, some people may not, there may not be some bodies that are literally buried somewhere that he won't tell us about. 
Oh, that's something I didn't say. Ben wasn't in this movie, but I did write down, because I wasn't actually reading my notes at one point, I was doing from memory. In the sequel, Rogue Back Mountain, Ben plays the horses. <laughs> I forgot to say that. What, both of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's his only role. He doesn't get anything else. Fuck him. <laughs> he gets a purely speaking role. Yeah. Exactly. And it's all nays and whinnies. What a guy. I just like the dramatic reveal, the idea of the dramatic reveal of Rahul and Carl and all that coming out from the shadows at the end of your movie. Yeah, dude, it's the, it's the all-risk agency, dude. Everybody gets together. And you hear the, you hear the, like, the, the orchestra version of the A-Team theme slowly play as everyone comes out, and then the three main characters slowly stare at each other in just one single nod, and then slam to credits. Oh my god. Leave them wanting more, baby. <laughs> That's how you make money. It Damn. is. It is. And we've all said about what ones we want to see. What ones do you, what movies do you guys want to see? You can let us know at Rogue underscore opinions. Which of these three movies did you like the best? Did you like Die Hard 7, My Weird Mockumentary, or The Hangover? Kumar, uh, Slash, Rogue Opinions, Dawn of Something, or Edge of Greatness. Yeah, exactly. Can I have a rogue day for opinions to die hard? And main Rogue Opinions, big origin of Master Debaters or something, whatever I call it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which one do you, did you guys like best? Let us know. As I said, we're going to score opinions and be sure to check out our back catalogue. The uh, main reason we did this is for Recently celebrated the year of Rogue Opinions. We have the award show where the three of us finally got back together and uh, dish out some awards. That if you think this making a movie about ourselves is self-serving, you should go back and listen to that award show by the end. It's just one of the best things you'll ever listen to. And the best things you'll ever listen to, go back in our back catalogue and look at the Rogue Retrospective Review, uh, the other pitch podcast where we've done like summer blockbusters, wrestling ones, and uh, the Naked Man podcast and all sorts. Uh, Nathan, what else have we got going on? Yeah, we got loads going on in a minute. So we've got the award ceremony to celebrate a year. We've got the Rogue Retro Smackdown Review. As always, the Naked Men podcast trundles along. There's a load of lockdown quizzes uh, as well that we've been doing. So there'll be another one up by the time that you're listening to this Phantom Munich will be back soon as football and other sports slowly continues around Europe and the rest of the world uh, very carefully uh, but otherwise there's pay-per-view reviews for all things WWE there'll be some for AEW coming up when AEW does them but you can find me at Nathan Greenaway Jimmy what have you got going on man uh, well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Riot. That's uh, M-R-R-I-0-T because Counter-Strike was a thing. Um, also on Instagram, too. Uh, follow me over there. You'll see uh, pretty much all the same stuff and breakfast that I cook. Um, and then um, make sure you go and check out uh, Pro Wrestling Magic on YouTube. Uh, Pro Wrestling Magic, uh, we're putting as much out as we can our, our next big full show release is going to be driver things from 2017 with all fresh commentary fresh editing um just uh, different little things uh paul london is on the show gangrel is on the show a uh, bunch of other names we've also released uh, our version of the royal rumble the chad adams memorial rumble from 2020 uh at family matters and full house we have those two shows up as well 
Also, all the episodes of Monday Morning Magic and all the other stuff. We got a lot of stuff going on behind the doors of the Pro Wrestling Magic Kingdom, even though the kingdom is shut to quarantine. We got plenty of stuff going on over there. And, uh, yeah, if you're on Xbox, you know, Mr. Riot the Icon, um, over there. Let's play some games, people. All right. And, obviously, Jimmy, you know you got a lot going on, being essential and all that. So, we don't know when the next time the three of us will get together again. And then next time we'll get to hear your dulcet tones. So thank you for taking the time if it is the last time for who knows however long. Well, let's do let's do Double or Nothing. Let's figure something out for Double or Nothing. Cool. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Uh, if we, hopefully we get to do that and hopefully you guys will stay tuned for that. But until then, I don't know. Bye-bye. Uh... My fire, the one desire, believe when I say I want.